0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Blind Perspective here on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? I am your host, Victor Gouveia, along with my co-host, Misty Dawn, who I like the fact that she's a regular here on The Blind Perspective because we always learn new things with her.
1: Hi, <laughs> guys.
0: And and hopefully she is better from her bout with COVID. She's yeah, but...
1: Over cough my lungs out the whole time like i did last week
0: <laughs> well no i don't mind you whining about it my god
1: no no i said i hope i don't cough my lungs out like i did last week it was just oh
0: well i mean it, we could use a little blood and gore every now and again <laughs> yeah,
1: right.
0: but um i digress uh Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that the blind perspective is an interactive show. So, if you want to get involved, comment in the comment section below, and of course, you can also email me. Whose blind life is it anyway? At gmail.com, and uh, we can try to get you up here on our panel at some point. Um, additionally, we, if you are on. three platforms where we go live that being youtube face our facebook page and twitter like us on all three so we know you're there at the very least so we're not here all by ourselves just talking away (laughs) in the darkness of our minds (laughs) um you can also subscribe to us on youtube and follow us on our facebook page and twitter um, of course, if you can't catch us live, you can always catch us on podcast. We are on pretty much every podcast service out there and uh, device. So see if you can find us. Uh, even Alexa's got us. and um, Which is ironic because Audible doesn't have us yet. I guess we're not professional enough for them yet. <laughs> But, uh, hey, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, Today, we're having a bit of a mishmash of topics, mainly because today we're asking you what's on your mind. and, uh, And today, there was a couple of things that I'll bring up later that I'm not sure Bard readers are aware of. Um, and, but of course, the first thing we have to talk about is, have we learned our lesson during COVID? That is the big question, isn't it? Because apparently it would seem we haven't. <laughs> because not too long ago, There were 40 cases of monkeypox, and now we're up to Mm 3,000. And it's coming. It's coming, folks. Mm -hmm. We thought we learned our lesson with COVID, but apparently not. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that, Misty?
1: Well, I mean... (sighs) I suppose. I mean, they are very different uh, situations, really, though. Um, I mean, as far as how they spread, as far as severity, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Of course, when everyone first heard about monkeypox, they were like, oh, crap, another pandemic. But from what I understand, excuse me, thankfully, most of the cases are mild. And if they're severe, they're certainly not life-threatening. There have been a number of instances that have been fatal, but not near to the extent of covid um so i'm not i'm probably i and a lot of other folks aren't nearly as concerned about it as we were with covid um you know even if folks were to get it you know it's not certainly not the end of the world it's certainly not the severity of of covid so
0: yeah the irony of it is that apparently we have we've known about monkeypox for a while actually Mm -hmm. Uh, and we are using the vaccine for smallpox, All right? Um, what I don't like about it is the fact that people are associating stigma with it, and um, it's the wrong stigma mm-hmm. because everybody's saying it's a gay disease,
1: mm-hmm. but like yeah, they thought AIDS was,
0: yeah, oh, exactly AIDS. how AIDS was. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's, it, it can be transferred through saliva. It can be okay. transferred through bodily fluids, okay. uh, just like AIDS. Okay. Um, but yet, people are still calling it the gay disease like it's stuck in the gay realm. Okay. I just don't understand that.
1: Now even the media have been have been kind of clinging to that notion. Not sure how true have it is. Have they but, too?
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean they're, they they basically to, are
1: saying it's mostly in that community.
0: I've been trying to stay away from the media all I can because, quite <laughs> frankly, I don't like what they're reporting and how they're reporting it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, I have my preferred sources. Um, yeah. Certainly, most of them are are biased one way or the other, but some are are less so. I think, and some are more so
0: and and that's what media is supposed to be like unbiased
1: mm, theoretically. and yet
0: we still find ourselves with associating with one party or the next or one well, I mean and
1: social media has made that worse i mean as far as echo chambers i mean and arguably the algorithms have even further for even furthered the problem because i mean the more you post about something the more you're going to get stuff that the algorithms think you like and so you're even more enclosed in a bubble yeah but,
0: yeah, exactly. Do you think one was one did that more than the other, or are they all the same? Well, how do you mean? <clears throat> For example, did Facebook do it more often than Twitter? Or uh, I, I'm or?
1: not an expert in the engineering side of it, but I mean, I think Facebook was pretty kind of the first, I believe, to really do the whole algorithm. You know, I'll show you what you want to see. Uh, well, maybe the whole thing might have been YouTube. But anyway, YouTube does it, certainly Facebook does it, Twitter does it. <clears throat> on the followed suit, I think.
0: Yeah, TikTok doesn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ironic because Twitter banned Donald Trump from yeah. their platform, but mm. I'm not sure if Facebook did.
1: Uh, i think so, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, never yeah.
1: followed him on there.
0: Yeah, but then we don't have to worry about him. We can worry about his fans, for example. Yeah, his, all his cult followers,
1: him. in my opinion. But that's just my opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that's I what mean, the show is about right.
1: You know, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, to me. It just I mean, even objectively observing it. Now I'm, I, you know, subjectively speaking. No, I'm no Trump fan. I think he's the epitome of evil, possibly the antichrist. But <laughs> that possibly. put aside, like I, I think that like. I mean, it just like a lot of his, I'm not saying all of them, but a good number of his supporters seem like cult followers. I mean, it it has, it's become, in my opinion, a kind of a cult personality deal. Like it's, you know, it's, 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 well, it's Trump, but the thing is it's also now Trumpism, which has in some ways actually become separate from him as well, because so many other people have taken it on and have, have supported. But I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very much, it just seems like a cultish sort of phenomenon in my opinion, and has for a long time. It seemed like
0: that to me. So, Can you define the Trumpism, for example? I mean,
1: this sort of... Um, well, some people have called it populism. Um, a neo, a neopopulism, conservative populism. Um, you know, the whole, you know, America is like the greatest thing since sliced bread or before sliced bread, and like, you know, we, we hate, we're xenophobic, we're homophobic, we're everything else. You know, basically. Right. The, it's, it's, it basically represents the, the really seedy underbelly of this country. And in fact, of the world, I think, I mean, it's it's really, I mean, Trumpism is just a part of this, you know, emerging sort of conservative populist strain that, that politicians have tapped into around much of the world. You look at the Cinque Stelle in Italy, for instance, you look at the, even, even some of the Tories in, in UK, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, um, Marie Le Pen in, um, in France.
0: Right. So,
1: yeah. Well, I mean,
0: I mean, forget the fact that he's in his seventies, isn't he? I believe. Uh, yeah,
1: I think he. Yeah, he's the oldest president we've ever had, I believe.
0: <clears throat> so, I mean, that would make his ideals and mm-hmm. and uh, his methods very outdated. Um. I
1: mean, just because he's in his
0: seventies doesn't necessarily
1: mean that he's going to have no.
0: But you have to look at his. Well, are you saying that because Biden, he's coming
1: from an earlier, like he's coming from an older generation, and so that kind
0: of right exactly. Him. Well, but I mean, even, again, you
1: have some younger folks who are on uh, you know who are who support him or who who support similar ideologies. I mean, I don't think right. it's really limited to age.
0: People um, who look up to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. and and. And like I'm saying, this isn't relegated just to Republicans. The fact is, yeah. uh, Biden is just mm-hmm. as bad as well. The no, fact I, is, I
1: don't. Yeah, I don't think he's the Antichrist, and I don't think he's a cult. No, leader. he's
0: not the Antichrist, but his oh. ideals are very outdated. I think.
1: Um, well, a lot of folks think he's not liberal enough, really. But um, yeah, and I know. Like it's like sixty. Two percent, I think, according to a poll I recently heard. Uh, Democrats want someone else to run for the second term. They don't want Biden to run this next term, right? Uh, so, I mean, I think a lot of it is, I think, an, an, a factor of age and uh, age, char- lack of char- uh, lack of charisma, charisma. Huh, I'm thinking theology, <laughs> lack of charisma, and and uh, sort of magnetism on his part as well, and even enthusiasm. So,
0: but it's amazing how these presidents are adverse to getting involved with controversial topics that might uh, not get them elected. For example, they didn't weigh in on the abortion rights.
1: Oh, Biden has. Oh, certainly. Biden's been supportive of it very openly, I would say.
0: He's Uh, in in support of the abortion rights?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's, he's tried to, he's done a lot of, I don't say all he could do, but I mean, he's done a lot to, to try to um, further the cause of um, abortion and all that. So, yeah.
0: Uh, okay. Well, hold on a second. Which position of abortion? Pro-life oh, he's a Democrat. I mean, most
1: Democrats are, are pro-abortion and he's no different.
0: <clears throat> really? Because I heard the opposite I heard uh, Biden was well, pro-life maybe,
1: maybe on a personal level he's against it I don't know because he is a Catholic And apparently practicing But as far as he's publicly in support of it At least as far as the laws are concerned really? Um the same thing with Nancy Pelosi She's pr- apparently practicing Catholic, but she's also on liberal side like Biden is, and she's uh, in support of abortion. And that actually has created some controversy within the major bishops organization here in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they actually voted to deny, in fact, um, I think Biden, maybe Pelosi as well, uh, communion, Holy Communion, because of their, 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 their support of abortion. So,
0: but yet you, And yet they can't make it a national law.
1: Well, I mean, it was legal under the, you know, with the Supreme Court ruling until they, until the justices struck it down recently.
0: Right, but, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, wouldn't it be...
1: Oh, you're saying now, like, that, that they should, that there should be some legislation put forward. Yeah, I mean, there there have been efforts in that direction, um, I believe. I don't know how, I mean, I don't know all the specifics, but there have been efforts in that direction, at least, but I think more so now at the state level, each state level than at the... Uh, federal level. I know that here in actually Indiana, my my home state was the first to um, put additional restrictions on abortion. Uh, they didn't even put it on the ballot. Like I know in Kansas, they had a referendum uh, for mm-hmm. it. But in Indiana, the legislature met in special session and they uh, made, uh, well, they put a lot more restrictions in place um, for it. So
0: Right, but if they made it a federal law, the states had would have no choice.
1: Yeah, but again, I don't know. I mean, the Democrats have a very thin majority with, with um, Harris uh, breaking ties in the Senate. And right. then they do have a, a slightly greater majority in the House. <clears throat> so they might be able to pull it off. And that is a good question as to why they haven't really acted a little bit more swiftly. Um, maybe they're still trying to formulate, you know the language and things like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really been following federal um, maneuverings on that very closely. but
0: and it's not like they're not willing to get in the middle of the of health. The fact is they've been legislating health matters yeah. a long time. Yeah. yeah. The federal government has. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, whether they're enacting Obamacare, whether they're shutting it down, it doesn't matter. They're still trying to screw with your health. Yeah. So why would abortion be any different?
1: Yeah. That's actually a good. Yeah, that is a good question. That's actually something I'd kind of something that's kind of been in the back of my mind as well. Yeah. Why haven't they been? Why isn't Congress taken more uh, more rapid action? On this, and that's actually a really good question. Again, because they, yeah, Democrats technically have a um, a majority, slim majority in both both uh, chambers, mm-hmm. Congress. Um, but I'm wondering if um, someone like um, a mansion or a cinema, some of the more conservative Democrats, if they're not actually more a, pro, a more pro life in their stances, and so, so therefore certainly. in the I Senate, would that imagine would cause, so.
0: Yes. So
1: I that mean, would cause a lot believe- of. I can't believe there
0: are any um, um, Democrats or Republicans that aren't pro-life.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there's actually, I don't know how big it is, but uh, there is an organization called Democrats for Life that exists here in the States. And, right. um, you know, that, that's, that's one thing I actually kind of support because, I mean, I'm very liberal in most of my views, but very conservative as well socially in a few of them. And this is one of them. Right, and there aren't many, very many of us out there. We do exist, apparently, but there aren't very many of us out there. <clears throat> so, um,
0: well, and that's, but that's the thing, isn't it? The fact is, the fact is, this is one of the few bipartisan topics that can be addressed in in legislation. Again, I legislation. don't.
1: I'm not really sure how bipartisan it is. At least as far as our current legislators, I would say that, that the vast majority, if not all all at least most majorly most of the Democrats support abortion and and most of the Republicans do not so
0: you really believe that
1: I, I think I believe so I mean you rarely hear Democrats that are that are um against Pro-tray. abortion rarely rarely. If ever, well, again, right. certainly not as far as the media portrays it. Again, apparently we do exist because there's an organization for us, but as far right. as the legislation, the legislators, I don't know. I, I just don't hear that at all. <clears throat> so. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, you know, in in today's day and age, I would think it would be a much more open discussion. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, people are talking about racism. <laughs> people are talking about gender bias. People are talking about the rape culture, mm-hmm. and yet we can't put abortion on the table. I mean, what's mm. the deal? I mean,
1: I think people are people have been up in arms about it ever since the um overturning of Roe. I mean, it's it's been well, it's definitely been, yes,
0: but that let's face it, most of that was because of the media well, and its sensationalism but, of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know
0: at the end of the day we really can't do anything about that
1: Well, i mean there there are certainly feminists and, and activists alive today that fought like tooth and nail for it back in the in the 70s and such so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. oh yeah and and even the for example the suffrage movement wasn't that done by women
1: oh yeah well, led yeah. by them surely yeah yeah
0: exactly exactly yeah yeah but uh it really is odd what legislatures feel is important and and what legislatures, legislators, sorry, (laughs) legislators feel is not important. The fact is, uh, I don't know. I mean, we have to elect these people to represent our interests. And yet, they have a dual responsibility to represent the country's interests.
1: Yeah. They should and, be technically representing their district at all times, wh- whoever they actually are responsible for. you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the truth is most of them do not because they are beholden on both sides to various um, factions, parties, corporations, and everything else. So. And that's
0: it, isn't it? I mm-hmm. mean, at the end of the day, it's the money that rules it all.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Money talks. Money is a universal language. So.
0: Oh God, it is so much, isn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah. And and it, it hurts me when when I say that, but you really can't get around it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But uh, let's see if we have any comments.
1: Probably, if folks are on here.
0: <laughs> okay, we have a comment. Yeah that seems to be enlightened <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay uh he's uh, this person is going by the name of graz mm-hmm. and he's saying stay away from monkeys and you won't get monkeypox
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good i don't know how the name came about if it actually passed from monkeys or what but yeah
0: no i i have no idea i do know it's derived from smallpox
1: yeah, I know that. Well, that's. I think chickenpox is related to the two of those as well.
0: <clears throat> uh, it might. I think so. I think it might be.
1: And I don't know if that came from chickens. I don't know. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, well, you never know. I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe it did. Who knows? I have
1: no idea where the names came from. But...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I can't even remember how smallpox got started.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the history of all of it either.
0: Which is ironic because we know how bubonic plague started, but we well, now know yeah, how we think we do. started. Um,
1: well, in fact, um, speaking of history of diseases, I'm, I actually do plan on I've put a thing on my Bard wish list. Um, it's a, actually a text on the 1918 uh, flu pandemic, sort of mm-hmm. to kind of compare it to uh, COVID today and sort of all the all the stuff that went on around the 1918 flu pandemic as well. Spanish yeah. flu, I think that's what folks call it. Yeah.
0: So you are a member of B.A.R.D.?
1: Oh, it's been since I was, like, good night. Probably before I went to the blind school. That would have been before 94. So, yeah, I've been a member. Of, I've been an NLS member for absolute years. And mm-hmm. um, at least I know I've, I've read over 300 books in my lifetime because I've been keeping track on Goodreads ever since Goodreads was a thing. And um, so, and most of them well, have been
0: B.A.R.D. You know what? That leads us into my announcement oh yeah that's right there you go ha, yeah um, nice i didn't even try <laughs> were you no no i know you didn't uh <laughs> were you aware that the nls is distributing the zoomax reader
1: i've heard of it i haven't gotten one yet i don't know if indiana is doing it even yet but because I, I have an orbit reader 20 right now anyway but so i don't know if i want to get another one or not but um yeah i've I've definitely heard about it um
0: so you read braille
1: I, yeah, well, okay, so I read grade one best, still, like, so I learned, I learned contracted braille back before UEB, many moons ago, and then uh-huh. I didn't use it for a while, and between then and now, they've switched to the UEB system, and so I basically had to relearn
0: yeah. uh,
1: the new UEB system, and that's what I'm working on learning now, so I'm certainly still best at, at grade one uh, uncontracted,
0: right.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, I do read grade one.
0: Grade um grade one. I bring this up because I'm sure people are asking, why is a Canadian bringing up an American system? (laughs) Um, And the fact is, I have a friend in the States who is an avid Bard reader, Mm -hmm. and she didn't know about this.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought pretty much everyone knew about it by now.
0: And, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a a cue that our library can take from you guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are still we're still monkeying around with, uh, no with pun intended.
1: Yeah, anyway with yeah.
0: actual audio uh, audiobook readers
1: oh you're used to like you have to have them send out like what cassettes or digital like
0: well yeah you guys well do? we we have a one of those um, Victor devices
1: Victor Reader stream you use the Victor Reader stream thing like like uh, the, your, your not system so much
0: there? the stream but larger a larger player oh okay yeah and um, hmm. It used to play CDs and all that stuff, but now yeah. it just plays oh, okay. media files. Yeah. yeah. But um, <clears throat> but we still have, you know, Daisy Discs and various mm. other things like that. Oh, okay. Um, but aside from that, um, we're still handing out Braille books.
1: Oh, like hard Braille copy. volumes.
0: Yeah. And um, I'm thinking... Well, why?
1: Yeah, I don't know if we're still doing hard copy here or not. I'm not even sure. Bard's still doing well, it.
0: and that's the thing. I mean, before the pandemic, mm. uh, the federal government was handing out just under mm. uh, $10 million for library services. Mm. Um, and then post-pandemic, mm. Biden has pretty much dished out $400 million Huh, okay. So I mean that's a huge improvement.
1: She's Louise, yeah. That's yeah. Impressive.
0: So I mean, I'm glad they can afford something like that. Yeah. Oh man, it's um, great. Oh, guys- here they're they're doing trials on um on uh oh what do you call those things? Home Oh like the cartridges. No, like home speakers, uh, Alexa, that type oh. of thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Huh. Um, so, I mean, the, I just don't get it. I really so, don't. So, like, it.
1: you don't have any kind of purely digital player like we do? Like, we have an app now where we can download digital files onto our phones.
0: Oh, no, no, no. We've got digital players, yeah. I like, mean, just we like get... an
1: app, like on your phone, like we do?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We okay. we can we, we can actually get a new digital player every three months. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is every five years. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no. What I'm
1: talking about is a phone app, like just a phone app. A phone app. You can download files on your phone. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. We've got that too.
1: Okay. Uh. So with the e-reader, what's awesome? I've heard some folks have had some issues and glitches with it, but what's great is that for folks who can't afford a braille display, man, like as as I understand it, it can connect to your phone. I think it can connect your pc and and yeah. mirror what's on your phone and pc i mean that's tremendous like i mean so many people have not been able to afford a braille display like, with the exception of maybe the orbit for a lot of us best- that's again that's what i got a while back before they even yeah. started distributing this stuff um but yeah and i don't
0: yeah I, i'm not even sure if you can do note taker things with uh, the Zoomax reader. No, but I, I mean, but at know... least you
1: can connect your phone and your PC and kind of read braille. On exactly. There, which I pretty, exactly. Which is really all I, all I need is something that translates what's the, t- what the text is into braille if I need it. Like on my phone or PC or standalone, that's all I really need. And I think. Yeah,
0: I mean, I was, I've been pretty good at grade one braille.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, do,
0: they, do
1: they have it? so they teach the, control. of course you're English and French speaking countries. So yeah, they, I assume they teach the UEB up there as well.
0: Yeah, 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 no, they do, they do. Um but the problem is the my teacher who was mm-hmm. teaching me braille um, had uh decided to go to Florida mm-hmm. to move to Florida and get a job there with their sight loss center. Oh, okay. Um yeah. And uh I at that point the CNIB who I was taking the program with mm-hmm. didn't have anyone to yeah. Um, to teach me anymore okay. at that point. So I kind of went by the wayside.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Hadley. Time- Hadley's
0: Hadley, Hadley a good
1: source. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, I think they're actually still working on their braille course though right now, but it used to be Hadley used to be an amazing source for learning braille, distance learning braille. That's that's how actually I learned the original contracted was through them. <clears throat> so. Oh,
0: was it through them?
1: Hadley school for the blind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Okay.
1: Now they can, they're they're revamping a lot of their braille courses right now, so they're kind right. of in the middle of something with that. But I mean, yeah, when I I took the old style uh, contracted braille a while back and it was great. I saw yeah. a lot of books from it. Um Yeah. yeah. But um it's, it's interesting though how like so many other non-English speaking countries mm-hmm. have nothing like contract a contracted system or they just don't teach it. I mean, it's it's weird that that the English-speaking countries have been so Hot to trot, as it were, on the contract on contracted systems, whereas most other countries just say screw it and they just teach like basically our grade one in their language.
0: Well, something I didn't know was apparently sign language ranges from country to country.
1: Oh no! Yeah, I know. I've heard that before. Yeah, certainly.
0: I mean, there's uh, ASL, but then Mm. if you go to Mozambique, there's a whole different ASL. Well, not A- even ASL, language, it's just yeah. sign language, period. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, the only there is only one universal sign, and mm. I off the top of my head, I can't mm. remember what that was. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's one universal sign out of all of the languages. Oh, interesting. Um, but hmm. yet, there. American Sign Language is exactly that, unique to America. Oh, just like and any
1: other spoken language, would be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even. I, um. But it, it's funny. Even Canada uses ASL.
1: Oh, I was, yeah. Okay, that, that's interesting. I didn't think. did even think about that. You know, I, you know,
0: I yeah. thought I thought we'd be different too, but you'd uh, have your own
1: unique. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like
1: BSL and Auslan and. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So well, that que- that's a big question. Does the UK use ASL? Oh, it
1: uses BSL, British Sign Language. I think I think the whole the UK does. Yeah, I think they all yeah they all use British. You would think sure so. They all use BSL. You know?
0: Well, and that's the thing we don't know that. I yeah. I, I mean, not being a sign language. Yeah uh, speaker. I don't I know would of. like
1: to learn it, but it's so visual. Like I would have to have someone basically moving my fingers to be able to show me. Like exactly. I can't learn just by someone describing any kind of gesture like that. I have to be my body, my hands, my fingers have to be moved in, in the right way for me to get it. So well,
0: here's the thing. When I could see mm-hmm. I watched that Helen Keller movie. Yeah. And and oh, goodness. <laughs> her doing the signs in that mm-hmm that girl's hand yeah I don't know how she understood any of what she was signing
1: yeah um, I knew a couple of deafblind students um, that signed uh, up at the blind school where I attended for several years um, mm-hmm. and they actually had a had a little session for folks there to teach some basic um, teach fingerspelling and then some ba- a few basic ASL signs right so and they did tactile signing so
0: yeah, and, and I, I just never – I could never understand how they figured that out because –
1: Yeah. That's just like anything, just probably developing sensitivity. Uh, just like when you're reading Braille, just take some time developing sensitivity. Yeah. And especially no, if you I... learned it from you know, pretty much your birth or well, whenever you start doing language acquisition.
0: Yeah, I can imagine the full sign language. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> the full sign la- language tends to be visual in nature. Yeah. And you can, I'm not going to say you can, but you uh, you might be able to deduce what's being said by viewing the different actions for the different signs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you get down to fingerspelling in one's hand, i mean it's it's i i don't know i just i just couldn't i actually it.
1: was on the receiving end so i learned fingerspelling from hillary and sarita the two blind ladies to our school i learned fingerspelling from them and then i did a summer program up there at the same school and there was a, a deaf blind lady that was going there with me and we had a swimming event on one of the weekends and she had to take her hearing aids out because i weren't you know made for swimming. And I actually was able to use what I learned and I was able to sign in her hand. And of course she, she could, um, she could uh, speak. And so I would sign in her hand and she would, you know, speak the responses, but I was, right. and, and I was actually able to use it then. That's really the only time I've been able to use it outside of, you know, Hillary and Sarita there with the blind school.
0: Right. Was that a difficult conversation? I mean,
1: uh, my, I mean, my signing was, it wasn't fast, obviously, because I didn't use it a lot. But, I mean, it it definitely, it it worked. I mean, it definitely was understood. Um, You mentioned uh, sight loss center up there. You know, that's kind of veer off a bit. That is also an interesting subject. You may have seen me tweet on this before, actually. Like, why do people outside of the U.S. say everything is about sight loss? Like, those of I mean, obviously you lost yours later in life. But there are so many of us who were born visually impaired or totally blind or whatever. And, like, it's like, we didn't lose anything. Like, I don't know why people insist in other countries outside of the U.S. on calling that sight loss. Like, I hear it in the U.K. all the time, too. And Now, certainly- that
0: is interesting, Misty. And this is something I did not associate with you. <laughs> the fact that you're sensitive to words.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I mean my my thought is like, you know, thoughts have thoughts generate words and and words have consequences and thoughts have consequences. So I think how you say something as much as conservatives would crow about oh it's semantics blah blah blah, you know, whatever you say manifests itself in reality. Right. And so for me words are are tremendously important because they indicate both conscious and unconscious uh biases, um slants and everything else,
0: you know. Well, hold on a second. Do, isn't, don't the ends justify the means,
1: though? Okay, what do you mean by that? Exactly. I'm not sure where you're going.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't get that.
1: Oh, so I'm not sure where you're going. I, um, what do you mean by that?
0: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, who cares what it's called as long as we get the services we need?
1: Um, because it may not have a direct impact on those services, but at the same time, um, it has an impact, conscious and unconscious, on the the populations who are exposed to it. So let's take the um, of versus for the blind. Uh, the mm-hmm. National Federation of the Blind uh, is, we are, very sensitive to the fact that people need to get that right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They need to call us of the blind, not for the blind, because the notion of something being for us has been ingrained in our society and, and much of the world society for, for millennia uh, that in, in the sense that like we're passive and that we need things done for us and that we cannot do things on our own and advocate for ourselves um, and have agency even in general. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's why we are so picky about, especially when the media covers us, we're so picky about you need to say of the blind, please do not screw it up and say for ACB is similar. As I understand it, and again, right? You know, ideas which manifest in words have consequences. <clears throat> so, um, I'm whether not... whether they're conscious, unconscious, uh, known, unknown, overt, covert, you know, words have consequences Thoughts have consequences.
0: Yeah, but I think I think at the end of the day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think sighted people are still going to look at us as charity cases.
1: Well, again, even even if like whether we're
0: like under- employed or <laughs> not.
1: Well, I mean, even if, if it's not like a conscious thing people think about, I mean, a lot of times words have, in a sense, subliminal effect. Um, even if you're not thinking about how you're processing language, um, you're still processing it at a very deep level, at a very unconscious level. Mm-hmm. And when someone hears of versus for, I would argue that, I mean, even that plays into their their um, point of view, their worldview, their life experience. Um, you know, every, every, you know, there's a thing in scripture, not to get biblical necessarily on here, but there, you know, every idle word will be counted for or against you on the final judgment. And that every idle word to me, the way I understand that is every single word you say has consequences, has meaning, has, has impact on yourself and other people. And so even sure. if you think it's insignificant, then, you know, it's, it actually has loads of significance, you know, um, a butterfly's wing flapping in, in Texas, you know, can have like influence a hurricane across you know in another state or whatever right something you know you right, probably heard right. that kind of
0: scenario the butterfly effect yeah yes yeah
1: exactly um so yeah I mean I think words i mean you know a lot of especially in the more conservative side of things conservative politics philosophy whatever people tend to say oh you know yeah you shouldn't be so concerned about that there. There are greater things to be concerned about. Yeah, I agree. There are there are certainly more important things to be concerned about. But I mean, it's, it's not that we should completely lay something like this even to the side because, you know, it, words have consequences. You know, ideas ideas manifest themselves in words, manifest themselves in in actions, uh, in effects in the world. So,
0: now I can understand how you would feel that way because the facts are you're a literature. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you're a literature student.
1: A classicist, yeah, a classicist. Again.
0: Yeah, right. And I have a different feeling. I'm always on the side of actions speak louder than words.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, also words influence action. Ideas believe influence so. actions. So,
0: well, that that would be difficult because the fact that. The word rape, for example, Mm -hmm. doesn't influence how we have sex with each other. It might influence a few people.
1: But yet, you know, let's look at the definition of rape. Not long ago, many people thought that you couldn't rape your, your spouse. Oh, that's not you. I don't define that as rape. That's not defined as rape. But yet it was it happened often. And so once advocates basically said, you know, we, you know, of the involuntary sexual coercion in a marriage is, is in fact, rape. Once that got defined like that and made clear that that was the definition that that should be uh, propounded, then that, I would argue, did quite a bit for uh, in terms of advocating um, against spousal rape. Um, So again, you know, again, definitions, terms have consequences.
0: Well, now we're getting into legalities though.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. would you say that legalities matter in how we talk about things?
1: What do you mean? I mean
0: I mean that not- kinda of, that kind of essentially says that well, essentially that you're not free to write what you want. I mean, well, it's yeah. bad enough we're being censored yeah. on social media, yeah, and and YouTube and various places like that. But if we know that words have that mm-hmm. sort of effect on people, sure, isn't that just censoring us more?
1: Um, I don't. See how are're getting from point A to point B? Um, I mean well
0: okay, for example, um, if you want to say of the blind and somebody yeah. else wants to say for the blind yeah. um, I don't I don't place such a distinction whether it's of the blind or for the blind. I don't feel yeah. there is such a limitation on those two words. Okay. Whether it's of the blind or for the blind, I don't think it matters. The fact is, you want to learn about blindness, you go to the NFB or the ACB.
1: Yeah. But you also have the American Foundation for the Blind, for instance. You do have other organizations, the American Printing House for the Blind.
0: Uh, Mm
1: -hmm. You've got organizations for the blind that, that do have a lot of blind membership and blind leadership but they're not they also have a lot of cited uh, membership uh, membership and leadership and the NFB is vastly majority blind we are blind people advocating for ourselves and right. leading leading ourselves we are the blind leading the blind um both in the NFB and the ACB so
0: and 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 you're saying it's important in that regard the fact is if you are an organization that is producing something for the blind it's a different matter as opposed to actually advocating on behalf of the blind well
1: it's again it's the blind we're, we're the, both in fb and acb we're the blind advocating for ourselves right and i think that with having lived experience of blindness i, I mean i think and and being blind majority led i mean i think that's quite an important um important thing. I mean, you you wouldn't have like the NAACP being led by a white person, you know? So it's, it's the same with our organizations. We, a lot of us believe that, that these organizations should be, all these organizations should be majority blind led uh, for that same reason. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I can see how you feel. Mm-hmm. I can, I can understand how you feel. Yeah. Um, Personally, I don't place, such importance on words so much mm. uh, because at the end of the day it all depends on what a person's actions are dictating um, again
1: which which are influenced by thought which manifests itself in words
0: yeah. right but it's influenced by a, an individual's thoughts not another individual's thought
1: oh the collective consciousness is a powerful thing um, you think so? I mean, I think that's why, you know, frankly, ableism is so prevalent, not only here in this country but globally. Um, you know, it's just something that's just been passed on from generation to generation, from person to person, and it's just become largely, in many ways, I'll say accepted. But certainly, a, a good part of of the societal narrative, I guess you could say. So. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: no, I could see, I could see people needing. Uh, a social narrative like that, mm-hmm. but I don't see it being a majority.
1: I don't know. You know, it's interesting because most, many certainly, I lot think a lot of blind folks specifically would want to admit it for whatever reason. I think a lot of us have, have, have drunk the sighted Kool-Aid and want to apologize right. for bad sighted behavior all the time. But certainly in other disability communities, you hear story after story on a daily basis of microaggressions and other forms of ableism that, that we encounter, I mean daily. so it's it is widespread. I think there's no question that it's widespread. various forms of it are widespread. So.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and i'm I'm looking at this stuff and I'm thinking, um, such such things are, I think an exception as opposed to a rule.
1: Oh, that's not been my experience, and that's not been a lot of our experience. I would say
0: really, because no. a lot. I mean, while I can understand in, I could understand the younger generations feeling that way. Um, I don't think the older generations are of that mind because I think we, most,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think most of this, most of this kind of um behavior, ableist behavior, is it, well, it is more prevalent among older people. And I mean, a lot of it is like, they just haven't had the kind of awareness training and education that a lot of young folks have had. In my opinion, I think disability awareness should be mandatory at a very young age for students, just like other forms of diversity training are are becoming. So.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, I think my generation, that being, the generation that grew up in the seventies, eighties and nineties. That's mine too. Yeah. Are more coherent about this stuff. Okay. As opposed to those who grew up in the forties, fifties and sixties.
1: Right. Again, it's because they, 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 we've had a lot more, uh, you know, exposure. uh, Yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot more training among those generations and, and all of that. And of course, younger people, it's like, you know, the, the, as they say, the moral arc of history, you know, seems to move in the direction of the younger and younger folks. And, you know, it's interesting, um, back in the, even in the 90s, a lot of, certainly in, in conservative Christian circles, evangelical circles, a lot of people were saying, oh, morality is dead, people aren't, aren't have no moral conviction anymore, and all that sort of thing. That, that's sort of a common theme, as I recall, in the certainly in the 90s, possibly in the 80s. And now it seems like even among the so-called secular society mm. uh, parts of society, it seems like there's really become a very strong sense, a very passionate sense, even of a moral compass of a moral framework. Uh, now there can be differences obviously in what people do consider morally acceptable and not, but it seems like there's a lot of passion on, on all sides uh, in favor of a very strong moral framework. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's actually fascinating to me that this has kind of sprung up in the secular realm by and large. Some could argue it might have had its basis initially in various religious circles and discussions, but like now it's really, really sprung up in, in the secular sphere as well. Like strong. Yeah. So it's very fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know it's really interesting that kind of oh shoot, I lost my thought. <laughs> thought train derailed oh my god no because <laughs> what you said afterwards kind of took me away from the thought i had and now oh I'm thinking, yeah what um, thought did i have
1: <laughs> no we were, so we're talking about the, the arc of history the moral arc of history and then I talk, started talking about sort of how secular morality is becoming a thing like a strong sense of morality even among secular
0: that's sorry that's it yeah, yeah. i mean that kind of plays into the, the narrative that i feel that i think we've become too sensitive Mm. I really do. Yeah. I mean, our our to some our extent goal I would... should be an acceptance of everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, and to some extent, yeah, I think it's gone do a little far. We yeah. can't
0: seem to do that.
1: Yeah, it has gone a little far, and I mean, I think a lot of people who who scream and shout about tolerance will not tolerate different differences of opinion to theirs. Right. Um. I mean, I've as as a more you know spiritual person like i've been on the other end of that and i'm like i've had it so many times i had to be like okay so my view differs from you because of this and this and this and yet you jump down my throat call me a nazi and you you yet you you trumpet tolerance you know tolerance works both ways you
0: know? exactly so exactly and that's it i mean we're going through mm-hmm. this uh this whole thing on snap mm-hmm. where at least uh, last week or the week before? Uh,
1: was it really the week before? Because I think I was on. The it week might
0: before. have been last week. <laughs> have... <laughs> yeah. And the fact is, a lot of people are judging us mm. by what Monica and I talk about on Snap. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like people want to say, "Oh, we we accept all types of people. Mm. We accept all types of." Uh, uh, of things, and, and yet, you know, we're talking about necrophilia, we're talking yeah. about bestiality, yeah. and people can't accept the fact that those things exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Too... I mean, it's just that. How can you? There was a, a, a wonderful movie called The American President starring Michael Douglas.
1: Yeah,
0: I think I may have I seen it, but I've heard of it. Certainly. Right. And, and, one of the thing one of the lines he made at uh, at the end was how can you accept a person who makes you scream at the top of your lungs mm-hmm. yeah and still that person is championing the total opposite of what, how you feel.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like people just shut you down. Like if they don't agree with you, they just shut you down. And they're like, I'm just going to walk away. And I'm like that in my opinion, that's kind of cowardly. Actually. If you, and- if you have strong views on something, I mean, throw them out there, put them out there. Let's talk about it. Let's right. be civil, but let's talk about it. And that's the thing too. We can't separate our ideas from the person, other person's humanity or my humanity. Like, you know, I mean, and that's certainly even reflected in our in our political system. I mean, you know, Democrats and Republicans used to on, on the Hill used to be able to get together after they debated vigorously, get together later and have a beer, you know. And right. I mean, I think it's it's just accepting each other's humanity, even if you disagree on fundamental issues, it is accepting each other's humanity and after even vigorous and passionate debate coming together later and saying, you know what, I care for you as a person. You know even if we disagree on stuff and i think that sort of sense of each other's basic humanity has largely been lost to ideology to uh to passion to to emotion and not really you know is it's hard over everything like hard overhead you know sort of deal especially so
0: and i can now understand how you feel about the of and for
1: Okay,
0: I can understand how you feel because at the end of the day, we tout free speech, but Mm -hmm. we are doing away with uh, stories of of pedophilia and various Mm -hmm. other Mm things. You know, I I think it's free speech as long as you're not speaking something I don't like.
1: Oh, that's that's huge hugely an issue at least here at the the university level as well. Uh, Certainly, a lot of conservative folks would say that, I mean, a lot of these folks are not even allowed to speak anymore on campus because they get heckled and protested and everything else. So it's like, you know, university, I mean, it used to be like the place to exchange ideas, even very controversial ones in a civil way. And Mm -hmm. in in recent years, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, you know, the sort of generally liberal mindset, even if I agree with much of it, I still say it's kind of predominated and it's not left much room for, uh, for as much debate and and discussion as even a decade ago it did so
0: right and and I, I I agree with you, a lot of people are accepting but only accepting as far as their morality takes them yeah
1: yeah
0: and and that's unfortunate because and if you don't agree with do them, so you're automatically
1: much. a malicious Nazi, whatever you know, yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and they're willing to say. Okay, yeah, sure. As long as, you know, everybody says it's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And and it's a shame because I think we could go a lot very far. Uh, yeah. If we just give each other the chance. I
1: and mean, you're not gonna get anywhere with this emotional, I'm just leaving the discussion. You're gonna get nowhere that way. Yeah. Ideas are not gonna form and progress and and evolve and and, and at least in a broad spec in a broad way.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: if you don't allow for more sides in the discussion. I mean, if you don't agree with something, fight fire with fire. If, if, if there's a thought you don't agree with, fight it with another thought.
0: And I think that's the problem. A lot of people are fighting fire with fire in that they're literally fighting fire with fire. Don't fight
1: it with them. So.
0: <laughs> I mean that's the problem. They can't they can't keep it to just the words. They have to yeah. use guns and, and, well, and bombs <laughs> and all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: It's awful. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's awful. Um yeah, I guess everyone can't be as enlightened as you or I. <laughs> okay.
1: You know, and, and that's in like that's the and I think a lot of it, and of course I'm naturally biased toward the classics, but I think a lot of it may have to do with the fact that uh classical education is on the decline. Not
0: just classes, we're looking at religions, we're looking at mm-hmm. ideals. It, well, I mean, the-
1: whether religion should be taught in a public school setting is another question, but I mean, certainly the classics, like the, you know, classical philosophy, literature, art, history, um, ethics, you know, all of that sort of thing, um, is, is, is just falling more and more into disfavor, in favor of multiculturalism. And I think there, there certainly a place for multiculturalism, I'm not speaking against it entirely, but Um, You know, it was the Greeks who who have really formed the basis, at least of, of our Western civilization. And, you know, it's just like we have lost the ability to think logically, I think, because of that, because of the decline in teaching of logic and philosophy and other things like that. We we've lost the ability to think logically about things. And instead, we replaced it with the, you know, the heart being like, oh, just because I feel this, then I'm going to, like, shout you down and I'm not going to give you a chance to say anything. That's basically what it's become. So.
0: And, and honestly, before I met my wife, I was a very passionate man about certain things.
1: Yeah. Well, so am I still.
0: Because I I thought I was not a man, but <laughs> I was well. No, I thought I was. <laughs> no, so, so am I. I thought not I a was a know-it-all. I thought yeah. I knew everything. I thought, uh-huh. you know, I had the moral compass that people should live by. Mm. Um, and then I met my wife, and mm. she told me about the Philippines. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. did you know that there's no such thing as divorce in the Philippines?
1: Well, I know it's a heavily Catholic country, so that's, exactly. Um, kind of makes sense and
0: that's it isn't it the fact is we should learn about religions Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not just a religion Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in the school system yeah
1: yeah
0: and and i can understand why world religions is a university course as opposed to a high school course or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even an elementary uh, Mm -hmm. school course
1: yeah
0: the fact yeah. is we don't have the brain capacity to acknowledge that all these religions exist the fact yeah. is we want to stick to our own religion yeah. our own rel- beliefs right which is such so yeah. childish and
1: well like and the thing is though like a lot of people think that like you know their their religion has like one hundred percent all of the truth. And you're probably going to be like, whoa, well, wait, what she's actually saying this. What I'm saying is that, you know, I, I am as far as my own religious beliefs, yes, I am an absolutist, but I also have great um I, I, I do acknowledge that, that many other faiths and even non-faiths have contributed and have a great deal of morality within them as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, I you know, I, I just think that like People who, even Christian folks who dismiss, you know, among my circle who dismiss other religions outright and in, enti- right. in their entirety, are are they do have blinders on, you know, and they're mm-hmm. not, and it, you know, it's just, and, and just the fact that it just seems like there's so little respect for other people's religion in that way. As well, you're basically just kind of just blowing it off instead of saying, you know, okay, you know, I see that you're trying to be sincere. I kind of see where you're coming from, even though I don't agree with everything. You know, mm-hmm. you, I can see that if the person is genuine and sincere, I can see that you're coming from a sincere place. And, you know, I'm going to accept your effort. I'm going to accept you for that. You know.
0: And that, right. I mean, those who haven't seen it might want to check out uh, the Kevin Smith movie, Dogma.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, I've heard of it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good with movies. <laughs> I've heard of it, but I haven't seen
0: it. Well, no, I absolutely love that movie because nope. it actually changed my mind on one thing i couldn't get out of my head the fact that god was a man
1: okay yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and and plot spoiler everyone at the end you find out oh wow she could be a woman
1: well and it's interesting in 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 the hebrew bible you have them and you know he um he created uh him but then he created male and female he created them in his image so you almost, it almost. There's something implicit. Some would argue there that he's actually both. He's actually genderless.
0: Right, and then right. people both don't of those think about that yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, unless this is uh, a transsexual male who is God <laughs> with right. both female and male body parts. See, <laughs> so is... that's
1: the thing. If God is spirit, you know, gen- does not he does not he she whatever you call it, does not have gender as we. Think of it. Now, a lot of exactly. people would argue that the majority of his characteristics reflect a general male, generally male uh, mm-hmm. type, and that's why people still cling to the he thing. But wow. I mean, um, Jesus himself compares himself, God, if you will, to a mother on more than one occasion. Yes. And so you kind of get this both aspects, I think. Uh, in and that's
0: that. and and people are 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 afraid to even cross the possibility yeah. that the bible isn't what people think it is
1: yeah well so many people without theology degrees try to interpret and they are very so confident in their own understanding without really having all the background i mean exactly
0: and the fact I'm, is yeah most people don't even understand the wording in the bible
1: no, because a lot of people stick with this whole King James version that's just so that's archaic. It, yeah. And, you know, I, mean, I I like it for its poetry. I like it for its antiquity when I'm wanting to read it for that purpose. But if I want to get down and dirty with theology, I'm going to read a modern translation and I'm going to use the languages I know. I'm going to read exactly. the Greek as well. And the Latin exactly. when, I, when I need to refer to it, Vulgate, for instance.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I, I would and, love to and...
1: learn Biblical Hebrew. man. That'd be, I've heard it's a very, very vivid... It's a language of very vivid imagery, from what I understand. And oh, I'd love to learn to believe at some point. Yeah,
0: I mean, I used to love going to church for yeah. uh, because of the pomp and circumstance of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I do. I'm I, there is some attraction to the ritual, certainly in Catholicism. I think.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> but now it's not not so much because yeah. they've made it so inclusive.
1: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's fascinating. Wow.
0: They really have made it so inclusive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. even the prayers aren't mm-hmm. what they used to be when I grew up.
1: Well, even uh, even for particularly in Catholicism, I mean, like recently, the Pope basically put down the hammer on the traditional Mass, like the right. the Tridentine, you know, Latin Mass. And of course, me being a Latinist, I'm, and a lot of us who are into the Latin Mass, we're like, no,
0: yeah, exactly, But right.
1: And and like, but so the, the problem is. With language but here's too. the
0: problem, you yeah. know. You say you're a Latinist, but yet mm-hmm. the they made it inclusive mm-hmm. of what is really represented in the Bible.
1: Well, I mean, I I agree that people who don't know Latin, I mean, yeah, they should have the like, They should have the mass in the vernacular. It's just Latin is just not known as much as it used to be. But I think that for those of us who get a lot out of it. The traditional Matt I think. I mean, I have no problem with having both existing simultaneously, and that's what John Paul was and and Benedict were promoting, and and Francis just. I, I like Francis a lot of what he says, a lot of what he does, but that was just like, wow. No, I mean, he, he came down like even in the way he wrote his uh, um, motu proprio on the subject was very harsh. I thought so. Yeah. Um, but oh, did someone uh, just comment? Oh, I'm seeing chat things. Hang on, I thought I just saw a chat thing. Maybe I didn't hang on. You see anything in the chat? I just saw something pop up on my zoom text, but I I can't really tell.
0: Okay. I'm not seeing the comment you're seeing. huh? I'm sorry. Did you say there's a comment?
1: I thought there might've been, I thought I saw something pop up. Well, there
0: was that one comment from that Graz person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, About, Um, but no, I mean, um, monkeys. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But no, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. Um, I just, like I said, I think both should, should coexist. And um, now I'm not even sure how we got here. But yeah, it's, uh, it, well, it's a little language, though, too. Like, again, language, like, words matter. Language matters, right? So, like, we're kind of, right. did, a, did a, a 180 here, 360 even. Um, you know, each language has certain words that cannot easily be translated one-to-one into another language. And certainly Latin, Greek, no exception to that. Right. You know, um, it's you know and i think you know having if you know the original languages i think it's your benefit to be able to access the liturgy and other other documents in those in those original languages because you you can it gives you more freedom to interpret based on what you know of those languages and it just you know it's not it's not imposing one particular say word where where one word may not be sufficient. Exactly. Or even correct in a particular context. Exactly. originally I mean,
0: they don't call it the King James Version because it was written by King James God. <laughs> the fact is, King James was man. Right, right. And and it's the same with most of the Bible. It was written by a standard human being. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And people don't understand that. If you want to yeah. look to God, just yeah. look for the moralities that God preaches. All of yeah, that goes and I mean, from I the Bible truth.
1: I was gonna say it's just my thought on it, but I think some people do tend to take inspiration, biblical inspiration, to the extreme. I mean, I believe biblical inspiration, but I mean I think it depends on the context, it depends on the type of literature, it depends on a lot of different things, and it's yeah. not a science manual. A lot of I, I would say, I mean, the, the spiritual truths, sure, I would say there are inspired texts, but um, as far as being a science textbook, for instance, uh-huh. you know, not necessarily.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, because uh, otherwise we'd have to take Dante's version of hell as the liter- well, literal... Dante was never
1: considered inspired, though, but yeah. Well, no,
0: I wouldn't say it inspired, but it, well, sure, it does in a sense. It kind of says, you know, stay away from these certain things or you'll go mm-hmm. to this... Well, what I'm saying is that hell. the
1: Bible and the biblical texts have, have for a long time been considered inspired... God-inspired text, but I mean Dante. I mean, it it, it was looked to as as sort of an uh, quintessential vision of hell, heaven, all of that purgatory. But um, it was never, as far as I know, considered to be inspired. It was considered very close by a lot of people, but it wasn't considered to be on the same level as as sacred scripture. So, as far as I know. really,
0: I thought I, I thought that at one point we were it, dictating laws by what books and other other scriptures were saying about hell that we shouldn't do this and this and that. Uh,
1: Well, according to a biblical text, maybe, but I mean, and maybe Dante was considered authoritative in some way, but again, I don't know about as far as being inspired. Um,
0: I mean, I don't think the Bible even goes into what hell is like.
1: uh, Sort of vaguely and in different pass, different passages. Sort of does, but it does. Oh, not really? really? Does
0: it? I mean, when I read <laughs> it, I didn't read anything about what hell felt like or looked like.
1: Uh weeping, gnashing of teeth, outer darkness, flames. Um, I mean you get you get some references. Uh, okay. But but then of course there's the question of how literal should one take like anything, right? Take it. How metaphorical is this? You know?
0: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And that's it. Let's yeah. all keep it metaphorical
1: yeah a lot of folks would yeah would see yeah, that. I mean, a lot of people you know, just consider hell simply separate final separation from from God from the divine rather yeah. than a physical fire, for instance and well
0: and that's something dogma also made me think about is mm-hmm. is you know what if hell is actually you know just part of heaven?
1: I okay. <clears throat> never I mean about think that. about this
0: what if God actually thought that hell should be there because mm-hmm. otherwise how are people going to get to heaven
1: yeah well um, yeah I mean as far as free will I mean that's where you're going with it You, you right. can technically you can choose between one or the other
0: I mean they say Lucifer was kicked out of heaven but mm-hmm. what if he was assigned out of heaven
1: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, technically he, according to the account, he basically, a lot of people think it was a pride issue. And some people even think that it's related to our creation because he, he, because God put so much glory into our hands that Satan didn't like it. And so therefore he rebelled against God and therefore God, I mean, he chose it in a sense. He chose hell in a sense because of the rebellion, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, really esoteric you can get into really really, really esoteric things uh, as far as um that sort of thing demonology and everything else but yeah yeah i mean that, s- s- some of yeah. that stuff is downright freaking scary <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> and 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 a lot of it can be scary if you look mm-hmm. at it as liter- literal literal mm-hmm. uh yeah. wording
1: yeah yeah, yeah. offered oh, plenty of plenty of stories about
0: so, yeah oh yeah so have i yeah, so, oof,
1: yeah. creepy creepy stuff
0: yeah Um, And on that note, guys, (laughs) we've gotten into quite a conversation here. And, you know, if we offended you, yeah, too bad. (laughs) The fact is, uh, this is the blind perspective. It is our thoughts. Um, If you want to display your thoughts, feel free to come on the show or... say in the comments, whatever you want to do. Unlike governments, we won't, or or other social media, we will not uh, ban you from social media for what you comment on our show. (laughs) At least I hope not. (laughs) But, um, guys, I want to thank you for joining us today. Misty, thank you so much. As always, you are a benefit. To everything we do here.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but guys, I want to thank you for joining us th- uh, this week. Oh, wait. You know what? I shouldn't be in such a rush. I should check if we have any other comments besides Monkey Guy.
1: <laughs> monkey Guy.
0: <laughs> ah, Joetta says hi, everybody. Hi, Joetta. Oh,
1: hello, hello. Okay.
0: Thanks for joining us. Indeed. Uh, that was from Joetta K. Lewis.
1: Oh, God's immortal. It's 5.11. I didn't realize it was that late.
0: <laughs> so other than that um, comment, we have nothing else except for Monkey Boy. <laughs> so um, actually, I don't even know if it is Monkey Boy. It might be a monkey girl. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, the name's hard to tell.
0: I shouldn't. Yeah, my words, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So guys, thank you for joining us on this week's uh edition of the blind perspective remember we're here every saturdays at 4 p.m and uh if you want to learn about relationships and sexuality give us a tune later i know i sure in. did <laughs> yeah <laughs> give us a give us a give us a tune in at 9 p.m tonight saturday um where we'll be talking about incontinence and relationships oh dear uh, tonight so uh it'll be interesting i think so uh thanks for joining us guys yeah thanks guys bye-bye everybody